0: Welcome to Better Together, with a life worth living. I'm Phil Peck. Our stories teach, inspire, and bind people together. On this podcast, you're going to meet a man who plays a contact sport at the highest level, including world championships and Paralympic Games.
1: I got involved with wheelchair rugby while in spinal cord rehab, and that blew the doors off of the whole thing. It offered everything, and it still offers everything, and it's given me everything I have as far as... Uh, a really great life now
0: that's mike whitehead a member of canada's wheelchair rugby team you'll also hear from some of the people who have helped mike reach the top rung of his sport thanks to marathoners len and christine firth for sponsoring this podcast mike whitehead was born in windsor he grew up here and in colchester where he graduated from harrow high school When he was 24, Mike was seriously injured in a car crash. His life changed dramatically. That was 1999. Now, Mike travels the world playing wheelchair rugby and teaching others how to play. Mike is now joining us from his home in Hollis, New Hampshire. Welcome, Mike.
1: Thank you very much for having me. This is exciting.
0: Good. Mike, can we start just a few months before your car crash? What kind of work were you doing and what were your pastimes during that time?
1: Oh, I just had gotten my uh, skates ready for senior league hockey, so I was pumped about that. It was uh, a fall, 1999, and I uh, was playing some recreational basketball. Um, enjoyed the golf, and I was working, uh, apprenticing as an electrician. So life was rolling along.
0: Sounds like you're a pretty busy guy. But then, trying you had, to be, yeah, yeah. But then you had the uh, car crash. What happened over the next few weeks?
1: Yeah, so November uh, 25th, 1999, crashed my, my little Mustang, rolled it on the roof, broke my neck. And uh, the the following four weeks was intensive care with um, some pretty scary moments for the family and for myself. But I uh, got some great medical care at Hotel du Hospital in Windsor there, and, and they pulled me through.
0: So what kind of things do you think about while you're laying in the hospital bed with a broken neck?
1: you know, it's a catastrophic injury. So, you know, I just remember being shattered. I didn't want to be paralyzed. Uh, I didn't plan on being paralyzed at 24. I didn't know anyone. Uh, I, I was really, really scared. And, uh, you know, I couldn't feel my body. My hands weren't working. So it was a really scary moment. But um, my family really helped me through, told me it was going to be okay. And then I met some other people that were uh, paralyzed and they, they told me it was going to be okay. And I could see that it was going to be okay.
0: And how did your parents your family help you
1: you know just taking my uh negative attitude and my tears and and listening to me vent about not wanting to be paralyzed Uh, at the time you know i remember my mom taking a picture of me and i was just there's a picture of me in the hospital like just so angry like why are you taking a picture of me
0: (laughs) it's a really kind of funny photo now you didn't think it was funny at the time
1: Oh, I had quite the frown.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> My, Mike, at this point, I'd like to invite your stepmother, Sue Whitehead, to join in the conversation. Sue lives here in Windsor, yep. and she's in the studio with me. Hi, Sue. Hi. Um, what kind of support did the family have to give Mike?
2: You know what? We were just all there for him. Um, his dad was very <laughs> forceful in getting him to do things and... I didn't let him get away with anything, even when he come out of rehab. I didn't let him get away with anything. Need a little push, did he? Oh yeah, he liked to play <laughs> that he was worse than he was. I guess, but he was worse. Like I mean, it was bad. But he would get out of his chair and sit in the on the couch, and then he would ask his stepsisters to go get him a sandwich, and I'd tell him, "No, get in your chair and do it yourself. You can do it." So, and this was one of the things that I think we all pushed him, his mom, his dad, myself. We wouldn't let him get down. Like, we wouldn't let him stop.
0: So, lots of hospital visits?
2: A lot of hospital visits, more for his mom and his dad, because I I was working and I had the girls at home. And do
0: you notice a change in Mike from the time before his accident and after?
2: Oh, very much so. Just as his whole outlook in life um, changed. It took a while, but it it did. Um, Beforehand, he was cocky, and he still is. Sorry, Mike. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know what? He's just a better person. Like, his whole outlook is more positive now than I've ever seen him.
0: Oh, good. So I'm going to get back to you in a few minutes. But, Mike, um, I know after you were in hospital in Windsor, you were transferred to London to continue your treatment. And uh, what what was that like going to rehab? It
1: was really welcoming. Um, it gave me a lot of perspective. The first day I arrived was January first, two thousand, and uh, a couple gentlemen. One was a physician who broke his neck kayaking, and another gentleman was um, a motorcycle accident in, in Portugal. Uh, they came to my hospital room. You know, I wasn't sitting up. I was still um, had a tracheotomy. And they just came in and they were, you know, they introduced themselves and they had a few jokes and the laugh started and just kind of feeling normal again. I met people that were more uh, paralyzed than I was and had a better attitude than I had at that point. And I, um, at that point, made a decision that I was fortunate.
0: Okay. Um, What was the toughest part about learning how to uh, ride the chair?
1: You know, it was just the early parts, right? You can't even sit up. You know, the first part of physical therapy is learning to roll over. So you feel like a, a an infant, but as an adult, so you feel helpless. You, you just look at yourself and you think, uh, you know, this is exhausting and all I'm doing is swinging my arms to try to lay on my side. You know, it takes weeks to just sit up and that is depressing. But they made it a fun, positive environment. And uh, if you put the work in, you got games. And actually, you know, I was setting up and then I was able to use a transfer board and sit in my wheelchair. So just trying to take the little wins along the way is what got me through rehab.
0: So how did you uh, get invited or enticed to play wheelchair rugby?
1: Yeah, one of the uh, wheelchair basketball players, Sue McRae, came to the hospital one day and I, I watched her get out of her little Suzuki tracker. And into her wheelchair and I just I couldn't believe people did that you know and then she came up and she had a positive attitude and then a uh, gentleman David Helsby and another gentleman David Wilsey came up and uh, introduced themselves and David Wilsey who's the assistant coach of wheelchair at rugby Canada brought me to my first practice and that was just when everything changed you know I, he and I had a great conversation on the way there I felt normal again just hanging out with a dude and chit-chatting, and uh, I finally got in the gymnasium, and you know I met people that were in chairs between 30 years and five years, and it was off to the races. It was amazing. It was, it was like, oh my god! And then the sport is unbelievable. It's it's bumper cars. It's fun. It's you know it's like basketball, which I love. So it, it offered everything, and it still offers everything, and it's given me everything I have as far as a really great life now, 20 years later
0: when you first saw it did you think oh yes i can do that
1: yep (laughs) i i I was confident that uh, this is something i could do i I didn't know how to operate a wheelchair you know i spent thousands of hours playing basketball so i when i'm on a basketball court i feel like uh, i'm I'm at home and so wheelchair takes place on a basketball court and i love gymnasiums and i love basketball courts i
0: just do i always have so is it a tough sport to learn
1: It is. You know, like Sue said, I'm cocky. So initially, you know, the first five years, I think I know it all. And all I knew was my mouth could run and that was about it. (laughs) You know, so now, you know, 20 years later, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm still working on the fundamentals. I'm still learning strategy. Um, I I was in the gym yesterday morning by myself for an hour training and just in heaven, loving it.
0: So the fact that you played basketball before, was that an advantage to you as you're learning to play wheelchair rugby?
1: Yeah, I was comfortable on the floor. And uh, thankfully in Harrow, I had a, a coach growing up that taught us in the community how to use our left and right hand from grade six, seven and eight. Well, we would go to the gymnasium every morning during the school year for uh, basketball, volleyball, and badminton. And so he would throw us caramels every time he would make a left-handed layup or, or do, you know, work hard. So I learned early that uh, sports is fun. And I also learned how to train and also learn how to use both hands and then learned about anticipation. So you know, by the time I was in grade eight, reading plays, and finding the open person was just habit. He was a very exceptional person that changed my life.
0: I'm just going to go back to uh, your stepmother here for a minute, uh, Mike. Uh, Sue, what do you remember about Mike's time in rehab and in London when he got into uh, rugby?
2: Um, rehab. The one thing that I remember is going to see him there, and he was showing us Mike the clothespins. The the strength of the clothespins. Each clothespin had a different strength to open. Okay. And uh, I remember him showing his dad, look, Dad, I can do this. And his dad just turned around and goes, he's holding the clothespin and he's going, what's wrong with this? Like, it's so easy. And Mike just said, Dad, I can't feel it. <laughs> like, I can't, this is important for me. And uh, then there is another time... Mike, do you remember your first transfer to the car. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You guys, well, your dad came up and got you, and they, you took the taxi to yeah. the yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Okay. It's very memorable. That was a big thing for him to be able to transfer from his chair to the car. So yeah. the taxi driver, they went for dinner. And then on the way back, I think you left your wheelchair back at the restaurant. Did you not?
1: No. So the uh, Oh, it the was handle, the arm. The arm it was the, uh, and the wheelie bars yeah. were in the back of the car. And oh, was, yeah. It was a fun adventure. Dad was always yeah. making it fun. But it was also a big deal, like going to a restaurant yeah, and transferring in a cab and doing all these independent things you know, was a big deal. It was a big stepping stone. So just like closing a clothespin, because your hands don't work because you broke your neck, it's these little wins. So I remember that night just having so much fun yeah. with Dad. And then the cab driver came back hours later with parts of my wheelchair that was a borrowed chair. It was, it was just a fun adventure.
2: Oh, my God. There was a lot of fun times just learning. Well, learning more about somebody being in a wheelchair than for us. Like, we were... We were all new to this, too, so Mike made it easy for us.
0: I just want to go back to wheelchair rugby. How would you make it from playing in London, Ontario, to making it to Canada's uh, national team?
1: So I met the inventor of the sport, one of the co-inventors, in Montreal two thousand May of 2000, and I asked him what I needed to do to make the national team, and he told me, um, gave me a few tips, and I took them to heart. And once I started to put the work in, and my local coach and teammates in London, Ontario, really catapulted me to learn the sport. And then I started playing in the U.S. League just to get those reps and had some great coaching there. Uh, I went to tryouts, and we had uh, a new coach on the national team, and he he saw something which was great. He, you know, he saw some potential. So I was, I was just super fortunate. They saw potential in me early, you know, even with my big mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you've got uh, a bunch of teammates on team Canada. Now uh, I understand you guys each help each other.
1: Yeah. What a family. Oh my gosh. I, I adore my teammates. I adore them so much. Um rugby's given me so much. I just love it i just i'm so thankful you know my dreams really did come true
0: we'll hear more from mike his stepmother and his teammates as better together continues thanks to marathoners len and christine firth for sponsoring this podcast Welcome back to Better Together with a life worth living. I'm Phil Peck. In this podcast, we're talking with Mike Whitehead, a member of Canada's Paralympic wheelchair team. When he was 24, Mike was seriously injured in a car crash.
1: I I was really, really scared, and, uh, you know, I couldn't feel my body. My hands weren't working, but um, my family really helped me through. And then I met some other people that were uh, paralyzed, and I could see that it was going to be okay.
0: Now, Mike, are there any players on your team who are particularly uh, helpful to you?
1: You know, our two team captains, they're helpful in so many ways. As um, a constant reminder to me to um, keep doing the right thing and, and, and giving back to the sport at all levels. Um, I learned that and reminded of that to give back from those guys all the time. Trevor and Pico are wonderful people.
0: Now, I've talked to both of them and uh, they, uh, they say that you've helped them a lot as well. What do you say? Uh,
1: well, <laughs> it's, it's nice to hear those things. It really is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, um, we're going to do that right now on this podcast. I've talked to Patrice Dagenet. He's co-captain of Team Canada, and I talked to him from his home near Ottawa. So my first question for you is, uh, when did you first meet Mike Whitehead?
3: So I met... Uh... For the first time, Mike Whitehead, I think it was at the Windsor Indoor Classic Games, where they were held, I believe, in March of 2006, the first time I met Mike. So it was for a wheelchair rugby competition.
0: And how did you get involved in wheelchair rugby?
3: Well, I got injured uh, working in uh, on a part-time job in construction, uh, building residential houses. And I fell from the second story right down to the basement, so fell two stories, and I landed on my back, and my head hit the, the ground. Ouch. I fractured the sixth vertebrate in my neck, damaged my spinal cord, so became a quadriplegic that day. Uh, so I've been um, paralyzed uh, since uh, that day in June of 2003. And a couple of uh, years after uh, my injury, I discovered the sport of wheelchair rugby uh, through uh, some other... Uh, quadriplegics in that lived in uh, close to Ottawa in my area I started uh, I would say uh, in the fall of 2005.
0: So what do you like about the sport?
3: Uh, There's a lot of things I like about the sport Uh, you know I played hockey growing up that was my favorite sport so it reminds me of hockey a little bit where it's a fast game it's a full contact game so it's intense you can use your chair to hit the other players and just the fact of being on the team and, uh, you know, playing a team sport, which is something that I always in, enjoyed doing as a kid. So when I discovered that wheelchair rugby was a Paralympic sport, so I, I, you know, it wasn't hard for me to, to put the work in, to get motivated and, and just help me, setting goals, just help me, you know, get up every morning and, uh, you know, work hard for what I want to accomplish.
0: Now, being on the team, of course, has other aspects than just being at the top of your sport. Uh, you have a team that's uh, very close, I understand.
3: Yes, we, uh, we are very close. Uh, there's a majority of players that have been playing for a long time. So we've known each other for years and we travel together. So we do what we need to do to support each other. You know, we fight on the court to uh, be able to, to beat those other teams uh, and, uh, you know, savor some, some nice uh, victories for our country.
0: It's not just the sport, though, that you guys talk about when you're together.
3: Oh, no, for sure. Like when I started playing, I, I was only maybe two years uh, after my injury and a little bit lost in life. Um, didn't really know anybody else that uh, was in a wheelchair that was a quadriplegic. So when I started playing the sport of wheelchair rugby, um, my first practice, you know, I, I was able to meet guys that went through the same challenges as, as me. It was really, you know, giving me a lot of hope seeing that some of them were, had families, some were working full-time, some were Paralympians. You know, they were driving, they were taking care of themselves. So for me, at the beginning, I was very dependent on my family members. And uh, eventually, by learning from the other quadriplegics that I played rugby with, seeing that they could do so much for themselves, um, you know, it, it gave me a bit of a kick in the butt to say, okay, you know, they have the same limitations as me, I guess, or the same disability. So uh, there's no excuse for me not to be able to be independent and be able to travel on my own. I learned so much and so thankful that I found the sport.
0: Now, Mike told me that uh, you were one of the people who helps him a lot, but I take it that it's a two-way street.
3: Uh, Yeah, I believe so, too. I mean, Mike, um, when I started playing wheelchair rugby, Mike uh, had already been on the team for uh, the national team for a few years. So he's uh, he's a, a person I definitely looked up to when I you know um, at that time and I still do now. Um, Mike's just a, a great person, a, a great leader, and he always takes time to get to know the younger players on the team and have conversations with them to make sure they feel comfortable.
0: One other quick question here. I know they call you Pico.
3: Yeah, even before I started playing wheelchair rugby. My nickname was Pico, but uh, there is another Patrice on the national team. So at least, you know, people don't uh, get confused. uh, I'm known as Pico for for most of the the people around wheelchair rugby.
0: Good. Appreciate your help with this. Um, Thanks a lot for talking to us. No problem. Trevor Hirschfield is the co-captain of Team Canada. I've reached him at his home in Parksville, British Columbia. Hi, Trevor. Hey, how are you, Phil? I'm pretty good today. When did you first meet Mike Whitehead?
4: Uh, I first met Mike Whitehead at Canadian Nationals, I believe it was in 2001. It was in, uh, hosted in London, Ontario. So that was the first time I kind of met Mike and, and a lot of the other national team players. So how did
0: you get involved in wheelchair rugby?
4: I was introduced to the sport uh, through rehab here in Vancouver. Uh, my uh, rec therapist at the time was Duncan Campbell who was one of the co-inventors of the sport so um, Duncan pestered me and and kept bugging me to come (laughs) out and try the sport and I wasn't really you know too interested it wasn't until maybe a year after that he told me I didn't have a choice anymore and I had to come try it out so I went and tried out rugby at uh, a have a go day and I I fell in love with it
0: so now that you're on the national team uh, what's that like
4: It's an honour, really. Uh, It's amazing to to be able to, you know, play a sport, represent your country and play at the the highest level. You know, it wasn't something that I got involved in the sport planning to do. But as I progressed through the sport, it it became, you know, a goal of mine. And and to be able to to play wheelchair rugby for Team Canada with the best other wheelchair rugby athletes in the country, it's an honour.
0: So when you were in rehab, had you ever imagined being where you are now?
4: No, not even close. In rehab I was just trying not to hit myself in the face when I lifted my arm up, you know, losing a lot of function and and slowly trying to deal with my injury and and you know, regain my independence. Rugby at first was really just something to distract me from that and then you know, I met a lot of great people who had a lot of great insight of different ways to to deal with my my disability and and you know, how to overcome it. So I learned from a lot of amazing people and and I'm very thankful for that.
0: So Mike tells me that he gets a lot of help from other teammates like you. Talk to me about that.
4: Uh, I mean, I think within our team we're we're very supportive of each other and we like to think of it as a family and Um, when it comes to things outside the sport inside the sport if somebody's looking for support um, there's always going to be someone there to have your back you know a lot of people who have had ups and downs throughout these years and all of us in general have the ability to to lean on our teammates for support is
0: is pretty amazing so you guys talk about things other than the sport
4: yeah of course i mean (laughs) really uh, when it comes to training camps and stuff like that, a lot of the times after we're we're done our session for the day or whatever it is, it's it's more just friends hanging out talking about everyday life. Sometimes things come up that the guys need support with or or maybe some guidance, and, and you know you got eleven other athletes there willing to help. It's yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: And what kind of benefits do you get personally from being on the team and playing the sport?
4: Personally, I think uh, it's the fact that I get to call this a career um, or my job, and uh, you know, a lot not a lot of people get to say that, and I get to travel the world. Uh, you know, I get to stay fit and exercise and and play a sport. Getting involved with rugby for me has has had such an impact on my life, even outside of the sport. The confidence I've, I've gained and, and the ability to to regain my independence and to overcome my my injury and to to move on with life. Um, I think people need to to hear that. Uh, obviously, if you know they're newly injured or they're having trouble trying to find where they fit in, um, getting involved with an activity or sports can be very supportive with that.
0: Well said. I just want to say thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us, Trevor.
4: Thank you so much It's been a pleasure
0: so Mike, how important is it to talk to uh guys with similar issues that you have in sports and other parts of life
1: uh it's It's super important for me i i just i like to have the feeling that i'm I'm being of service and being helpful and being open to sharing my experiences, if it's parenting or training or you know the x's and o's and then when I can have these conversations with teammates. You know, they they can share with me, <laughs> you know, uh, what they do, what works, and, and then just build off that, and then we share with newer guys, and it's a beautiful thing.
0: Sue, you've seen the national wheelchair team playing in international competition. What's that like?
2: Uh, where do I start? Um, they're amazing. The families are just super. Mike's right, like, that's his family, and their family is our family. Like, there's something about it. I don't know. I love watching them play.
0: It's a little uh, bumper car-ish, as Mike said.
2: Yes. Uh, when I try to describe wheelchair rugby to somebody that's never heard of it, I say bumper cars and hockey, like, just the checking. Like, it's there's a combination of dodge them cars and it's it's nuts yeah so
0: and from what you've seen this has been really good for mike
2: oh it's been awesome for mike he's learned so much from it because he was a single only a single child like uh growing up he's got more brothers and sisters playing this sport and even parents actually he's got more parents than anybody (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's just just something special about this sport.
0: And Before I let you go, Sue, and finish up with Mike, anything else you want to add?
2: I'm just very proud of Mike and where he's come from. And uh, I'm just hoping to see more of him playing and coaching um, and just growing.
0: Good, Sue. Thanks very much for joining us today.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Now, Mike, in addition to playing for Team Canada, I know you have another job involving wheelchairs. You want to tell us about that?
2: Yeah, I fit
1: wheelchair rugby players in their rugby chairs, so we have uh, there's a small shop out in San Diego, Vesco Metalcraft. craft great great family run business uh, they uh, they build these beautiful pieces of machinery, these vesco rugby chairs, and now we uh, build everyday chairs and it's just really, really fun to get somebody in a, a chair that fits correctly and um, get them really dialed into it because uh, it can really change someone's game tremendously when they become uh, faster and more agile and more supportive.
0: Rugby chairs are quite different than regular chairs, right?
1: Yeah, they're tanks. They're lightweight tanks (laughs) that uh, fit exactly to your body. It's It's like the perfect ice skate or the perfect hiking boot. You know, you get it just completely dialed in and tight on your foot. You know, it's tight on your body and then it moves when you move. And, and when you can do that, and then you hit somebody hard with it and they fall over, it's, it's a fun feeling. A fun
0: for, for you or for the guy that falls over?
1: <laughs> well, both. I've been on both sides and, uh, you know, fall, I've fallen over and laughed, you know, I still got an elbow chip from a guy in DC say he hit me. I'll never forget it. And i smacked my elbow and I was laughing because, he caught me off guard, you know, he's half my size and just lit me up. And well, there's just these classic moments, these classic hits.
0: Well, I wonder what uh, you see in the future for yourself.
1: I perceive myself uh, definitely, you know, continuing to fit people for chairs. I really enjoyed that part of it. And I, I really adore coaching. I, I adore giving back to the, the soldiers with the Invictus team in Canada And seeing them play the sport and laugh and smile because that's what it's all about. It's about fun. And then, um, you know, being involved with Team Canada and the local team, coaching the guys and girls and and just sharing my knowledge and sharing my passion and seeing them uh, learn and light up and watch them teach other people. You know, the sport has given me so much. So if I can just give a little bit back, uh, it's the least I can do.
0: Sounds good. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to be part of this podcast. We wish you all the best in your sport and other parts of your life.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Our thanks as well to Mike's stepmother, Susan Whitehead, and to Mike's teammates, Patrice Dagenet and Trevor Hirschfield. You've helped us understand the power of family to help in difficult times and to understand the benefits of being part of a team, encouraging each other to be your best. I'm Phil Peck. Know who you are, decide where you'll go, and choose a life worth living. This was Better Together. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to marathoners Len and Christine Firth for sponsoring this podcast.